New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Again, dear ones, Dr. Robert with you here on a Friday evening. It's five o'clock on the mountain time zone, and that means it is time for the good news. That weekly look at the good news stories that I've managed to rustle up and feel uh, and believe you'll enjoy learning a little bit more about. Take them into your weekend, share them with your family, your friends, anyone else you might run into. Please do uh, feel free to chime along and chat along, leave a comment in the conversation box or in the or start a conversation in the comment box, whichever way you want to do it. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So please let us know you're out there. Be a part of the community. Uh, drop a comment in the comment box. Join the live conversation uh, at any time. And please do remember to hit the like, share, and subscribe buttons. Let your friends know what we're up to here on the New Thought Media Network. All right. First up tonight, we hear a lot about AI. Well, AI-powered robots are sorting recyclables. And they're doing so at such an incredible rate and such an incredible uh, percentage of accuracy. Amazing. What you're looking at here is affectionately known as Sorty McSortface. Yep, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't do it. Uh, Sorty McSortface. Uh, now, Sorty McSortface has a friend. His uh, name is Sir Sorts a lot. And interestingly enough, they're both. Uh, in a facility here in Boulder, Colorado, right up the road from where our studios are. Now, uh, these two AI-powered robots work all day long. Uh, they're at uh, actually there's at over 80 of these robots at 80 different recycling facilities. Oh, sorry, there's two robots at each site at each facility and over 80 facilities in the U.S. Uh, they can pick recyclables with a 99% average and they're getting even better. This is important folks. So these are uh, made by Amp Robotics. Uh, they pick weight, uh, recyclables out of waste streams while recognizing billions of different shapes, sizes, granular specifics, colors, logos, and even SKU numbers to make sure they're getting the recyclables and not the garbage. 
Now, Amp Robotics is only one of several companies pioneering various recycling sorting robots. Uh, and Fassler details that the in, in, industry is set with some of the most incredible advances, including spectromic, uh, spectroscopy and using air jets to push the trash out of the recyclable stream and help to sort the recycling as well. There we are, folks. AI doing the good work of helping us to sort our trash and sort our recycling as well. Amprobotics doing the good work. Hey, our next story is somebody that we're uh, that we have uh, long been aware of, and that's Buoyant Slat and Ocean Cleanup. They just launched System Three which is now cleaning more of uh, the ocean, the Pacific Ocean specifically, than ever before. Now, since 2021, when they launched System 1, uh, the Ocean Cleanup Group has has extracted over 275 tons of plastic from the garbage patch, uh, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. System 3, however, uh, is much, much larger. It has a floating barrier of approximately 1.4 miles long. The trash is removed and an onboard crew sorts it to ensure the plastic is put to good use. You may have a pair of ocean, uh, ocean cleanup sunglasses. That's what they did the first time around. Now, this new system is nearly three times larger than the previous uh, system, too, and it is capable of cleaning the area of a football field every five seconds. By making System 3 much bigger than the previous efforts, we, we can cover a much larger area of ocean in less time and using free, fewer resources. That's according to their website. This brings down our cost per kil- kilogram of plastic removed and maximizes our benefit on the marine environment. Speaking of the marine environment, the system even has a marine animal safety hatch. Uh, it's monitored by that safety hatch is monitored by underwater cameras whenever the system is in use. There's somebody monitoring those cameras, and if a marine animal gets caught, uh, they can open up a portal and a hatch and let the animal exit from the plastic retention zone. Pretty cool stuff. Ocean cleanup still at it, still doing the good work. Folks, you know, I love to hear the stories of how innovation progresses, how we are are creating new ways to take care of of problems either we've created or taking care of older problems. This next story is a little bit of a mix of both. Uh, What you're going to see here is the Takahi birds in New Zealand. Uh, Now, these birds were believed extinct and uh, however, at following World War II, uh, there were some located, and uh, they've been very, very meticulously supporting these animals and making a comeback. Uh, now, 18 birds have been released into the wilds of a natural preserve in New Zealand. It's hoped to be followed by seven more in October and another 10 in the early months of next year. And uh, the whole, uh, the, these iridescent flightless bird is a symbol of New Zealand's unique prehistoric past, but it evolved on an island without mammals. When mammals came onto the island, it was pretty much the end of the Takahi birds. 
Conservationists raise chicks in breeding centers by using sock puppets shaped like adult Takahi heads. And they reported that was an invaluable technique that eventually gave way to breeding in specially controlled environments. Now, trapping the invasive predators has also been an incredibly important contribution to the animal steady growth and popula population. And it's about eight, growing about 8% a year. What a great story. And what a cool looking bird. Uh, people say that uh, it kind of looks like a picture of the planet. And that's planet Earth depicted in its feathers. Hey, one more great story about animal conservation. This one coming out of Africa. Uh, the Africa's largest wildlife organization, African Parks, has purchased a herd of rhinos. It's the largest privately owned rhino herd on earth, and they're set to rewild them in secret locations over the next 10 years. So what, here's what happens. Um, there is a project called Platinum Rhino, and more than 2,000 white rhinos had been bred in captivity as part of the project. And the idea was to flood East a the East Asian rhino horn trade with sustainably harvest horns in order to drastically lower the price and thus de disincentivize poachers. Um, however, the man who started this all, John Hume of South Africa, ran out of money after the Convention on International Trade and Endangered Species remained adamant that they would not grant him an exception for the sale of rhino horn. Uh, that's been banned since 1974. And so back in April, Hume put the animals up for auction. In August, African Parks did buy the animals. These 2,000 are approximately 15% of the remaining wild population of southern white rhinos. Uh, many of them were bred in Hume's massive ranch, uh, while he took in many others who were rescued because their mother mil mother's milk dried up or because they had been orphaned in, in, for other reasons. Now, African Parks manages 22 protected areas across 12 countries, making them the ultimate organization for this huge and mammoth undertaking. Uh, and, and African Parks has conducted multiple wildlife translocations and reintroductions, moving over 8,000 animals from 32 species to help repopulate parks and reestablish populations across Africa. That's a statement released by the organization African parks, regardless of how and regardless of uh, who, that's good work. I am happy to hear that we've got uh, we've got people working on a rhino uh, reintroduction reintroduction across uh, Africa. And folks, if you haven't heard, New Thought Media Network is heading to Africa next year. We'll be joining a group of people to attend the Center for Spiritual Living. Yes, there's a Center for Spiritual Living in Kenya uh, to attend a conference with them. And it also includes a number of cultural and uh, uh, recreational opportunities uh, as far as safaris and other things to learn more about the country and the people and the culture, not just to go visit, but to actually do some good while we're there. If you'd like more information on that, please get in touch. Info at ntmedia.org. All right, we need to take a quick break here and let a couple of our sponsors say hello. However, we'll be back again in just a moment or so, so don't go away. Hit the like button, hit the share button, let your friends and family know what we're doing. This is 
the good news. We'll be right back. Blessings, everybody. My name is Jafon Seeley. Could you imagine what is actually possible when we start honoring and recognizing our inherent worth, realizing that we are that which is assisting in co-creating our experience? And with that understanding, start recognizing that every human, every individual, everything that we interact with reflects that same inherent worth. It's not about an adventure, it's about the atmosphere of the consciousness of adventure, the lifestyle of adventure. How many people would say that their lifestyle is adventurous? My name is Lisa Benson. I'm a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant and the author of Anchored and Bias, Fired Over White Tears. It's a book detailing my lived experiences with workplace bias and what fueled my passion for normalizing conversations about differences and creating safe spaces for everyone to bring the best version of themselves to life every day. Yes, yes, yes. We're back of, with more of the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. And I do want to say, uh, uh, number one, Susan, no, the birds don't fly. Thank you for asking. Uh, and if you can't join us in Kenya next year, you might want to join us at Unity Village in October. Just a few short weeks away, there's still room and you can still register. Head over to ANTN.org. Uh, give you a whole bunch of us from the New Thought Media Network there that week uh, participating in the retreat and helping to uh, make sure everything runs smoothly. So we'd love to see you there again. If you have any questions, just send us an email, info at ntmedia.org. All right, let's get into our next segment. This one, wow, what a story. I want to introduce you to Tobias Stanford. Now, Tobias is a 23-year-old British citizen. Uh, he lives in the UK, and uh, he got a little curious one day about how his friend's vape cartridges were being powered. And they, they're listed as disposable, so he was kind of wondering what it, what, what it was all about. Took one apart and realized that they're lithium-ion rechargeable batteries. Decided to hook that up to his scooter and took 80 it took him about 80 batteries and uh he said these vape batteries are still very are still very active uh they've been marked as disposable we need to stop that i can go uphill and i've been using this in the rain and it's been driven through puddles the only downfall said tobias is that it's quite noisy uh but other than that he's been able to power his scooter using 80 discarded vape batteries 
didn't cost him any money to pick up the batteries. Only cost him about thirty-five to forty dollars U.S. to to buy a scooter. Now, Tobias does have a lifelong fascination for electronics and moving parts. He began recharging the batteries and found that after one cycle, they could function almost like a brand new battery. And that's what got him to think about using them to uh, charge his scooter. Once fully charged, he can go about six miles on his scooter. And he says he does that every day, getting back and forth to work. Everyone's quite surprised, surprised said Tobias. My family and friends are completely shocked when they see what, what I've been able to do. He also said, we do need to still need to think about e-waste with greater importance. These batteries are still very active and viable. Thank you, Tobias. What an interesting way to, to, to look at what's going on in the world. Take the old, what else could we be doing with these batteries? I'm sure there's a lot more we could do, be doing with these batteries. Hey, here's another really interesting story. I found this one over at the goodnewsnetwork.org. If you're looking for a place to find some good news stories, please give them some love and attention. That's goodnewsnetwork.org. Uh, I want to introduce you to Nina Ken Kennedy. Uh, she's an Australian on the left and American Katie Moon on the right. Now, these two women are Olympic pole vaulters. And at a recent World Athletics Championship, they got into a, a battle and a half. Uh, after the regular competition, they were tied. They went through three rounds of extended competition. Uh, they both were able to make it over the 4.9-meter bar, uh, but neither of them was able to get over the 4.95-meter bar. They were starting to get a little fatigued, and so with a hug, the two athletes and longtime friends decided to share the gold medal. Uh, and this is a choice which in some circumstances can be made if there's a dead, a dead heat between two competitors. Kennedy said, I didn't think she'd want, it, want to share it. I thought we might have to keep jumping. And But, you know, I kind of looked at her and said, hey, girl, you want to maybe share this? Kennedy continued, and the relief on Katie's face, you could see it on her face, it was mutual. So they decided to share the medal. Now the medal uh, is Moon's second world championship gold and Kennedy's first. The last time a gold medal was split was at the Tokyo Olympics, where Qatar's and Italy's gold uh, men's high jump finalists decided to split the gold medal as well as neither was able to make it over a higher bar. What a cool story. I love how we work together and, and we, we can share that it's not, I, I often talk about living in a com competition free world, but here's a world where competition wins out because everybody wins on this one. All right. Hey, let's jump into another really good news story that I think is important. Uh, and this one is we're moving, but we're heading back to Maui. Now, Maui's been in the news a lot lately uh, because of the fires. And in this latest story, both Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey and Dwayne The Rock Johnson have created a special fund that will provide those directly injured or those whose property was damaged by the fires with a $1,200 per month uh, payment. 
Now together they created this. Uh, they put uh, between the two of them, they put ten million dollars into the fund, uh, and they hope to grow that a little bit as they go as well. I hope other people will donate as well. And uh, they've set this up to allow those most affected to get a a basic monthly income of twelve hundred dollars a month. Uh, Oprah, Oprah said, I've been meeting with people throughout the community that were impacted by the fires over the last few weeks, asking what they needed and how I could be of service. The main thing I've been hearing is their concern about how to move forward under the immense financial burden. The community has come together in so many wonderful ways, and my intention is to support those impacted as they determine what rebuilding looks like for them. Dwayne The Rock Johnson was quoted as saying, as people around the world watch the catastrophic loss and devastation caused by the Maui wildfires, they also witness the great spirit and resilience of our Polynesian culture and the tremendous strength of the people of Maui. Good people doing good in the world. And that's what we're all about, folks. Sharing that love and doing a little bit more good in the world. And hey, you know, there's a whole lot of people that help us do more good here on the New Thought Media Network. We want to say a quick thank you to them. And don't go away. We've got a whole bunch of more good news stories coming your way right after this break. We'll be back in just a minute or so. Please help us say thank you to our organizational sponsors, including the Hefferlin Foundation, Affiliated New Thought Network, International New Thought Alliance, Science of Mind Archives and Library Foundation, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown, New Thought Philadelphia, Planned Happiness Institute, Summit Center for Spiritual Living, One Heart Retreats, Center for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Unity Spiritual Center Kitchener, Home Center for Spiritual Living, La Mesa, Satya Center, Center for Spiritual Living, North Jersey, Unity of Savannah, and Center for Spiritual Living, Seattle, as well as all of our individual donors. Thank you for making New Thought Media Network a place to be. Please come be you. And remember, like, share, and subscribe. New Thought Media Network, positively inspiring I got another one I was made in the image I was made in the image of love I was made in the image I was made in the image of love Here and now I can see I was made beautifully I was made in the I was made in the image of love. Wish we'd all stop acting like we're strangers if we could see underneath. We are one family, and it don't matter, don't matter where you come from. Every heart beats to the rhythm of a one.
All right, we're back with more of the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. Next up, I want to introduce you to an amazing family. Uh, This is Sierra Blair, her husband, Jose Irvin, and uh, their their twins, Jose Jr. and Aria. Now, Jose Jr. and Aria were born about 30 minutes after midnight on August 18th of this year in Cleveland, Ohio. And wouldn't you know it, both the mother and the father were born on August 18th as well. Uh, Sierra and Jose Sr. have only known each other for a couple of years now. And uh, well, actually it says they met last year and uh, started a relationship and decided to get married and got pregnant, had a couple of little ones and were incredibly surprised when Sierra was told she was going about to deliver her twins a whole 10 days earlier. Uh, they got to the hospital about six o'clock at night, realized what the date was and said, hey, why don't we just hang on if we can? And they were able to hang on uh, and deliver the, the two children by cesarean section shortly after midnight. Uh, and uh, both family, all of the family members are doing fabulous. The father said it's most amazing to have a son uh, born on the same day he is only 31 days, 31 years different. Uh, we don't have a quote from Sierra, but I would imagine it is much the same. All right. Here's another really uh, interesting story. And this, I mean, this is good news. No la- matter how you, uh, how you look at it. This is Augustine. Augustine was born May 27th of 2022. Uh, and at just three months old, was hospitalized with hypoglycemia. Uh, afterwards, his health just started to began to deteriorate quickly uh, with all kinds of problems. The family begged some geneticists to take a look at the case. And uh, yes, he has an incredibly rare genetic disease. Uh, unfortunately, up to this point, there have only been 20 known cases of this disease. It's called Mitchell syndrome. Well, what happened is uh, they just they started using a heavy dose of vitamin B or riboflavin, and it began to help little Augustine. This is an important event, uh, and it's an important uh, occurrence. The foundation that helped all the uh, helped the folks is called Mitchell and Friends Foundation, uh, started by a family after their loved one named Mitchell. Uh, died from this disease. Uh, and uh, they say that the vitamin B2 has some positive effects. Uh, they're continuing the studies and we're going to continue to follow this story. Family said, we can't predict the future, but we have all the hope in the world and he will do well. And we have to have faith and vitamin B. What a cool story. Hey, here's a teenager. Here's teenagers doing good. How often do you hear those stories? We've heard similar, but here's another one. This summer, Connor Connor Halsa reeled in a fishing story of a lifetime. He and his father were drift fishing for walleye when Connor caught a wallet. Pulled the wallet up, found $2,000 in the wallet and a business card of all things. Uh, They were able to trace the business card back to the owner of the wallet who lived in Iowa and uh, so over 600 miles away. That's the owner there with him, Jim Denny. Uh, Jim lost his wallet on a fishing retreat, but that was over a year ago. He thought it was long gone. Uh, Jim actually had to 
uh, work with the hotel where he was staying on his retreat because he had lost all his money. Uh, but they, the, the retreat location did a good job of taking care of him. Uh, Jim had paid them back, he said, long ago. He also said to meet people like that who were that honest, I tried to get them to take the money and they wouldn't do it. I would not take Connor. I would take Connor as a grandson any day. Connor refused all offers of financial reward for his efforts. Good for you, Connor. Very good for you. All right. And our final story of the night. It's time for our Hero of the Week Award. This story really caught my heart, folks. What you're looking at is the woman in pink is uh, a little boy's grandmother. Uh, the woman out in front in the white is Jessica Bauer. All this was captured on a ring camera. and could not find a better photo of these ladies. Uh, but what happened is uh, the other woman... Uh, the woman's four-year-old grandson went toddling towards that lake you see in the background. Uh, as Jessica saw the, the little boy fall in, she threw her cell phone over her shoulder and dove right in after her. Uh, there are video interviews where she says that she barely knows how to swim. Uh, and uh, it's all been captured. Uh, it's all out there on the internet. But we wanted to say a very special thank you to Jessica Bauer, uh, for doing taking a selfless act and receiving this week's hero of the of the week recognition congratulations jessica all right folks i'm rev robert i got to get out of here for now we're we've done about run out of time but i do want to thank each and every one of you for being a part of what we're doing here on the new thought media network i'll be back tomorrow morning 9 a.m east mountain time with our Saturday morning science of mind and spirit conversation series. Uh, it's my week to present out of our team. So I invite you to join us for that. That happens at nine tomorrow morning. Until then though, I want to wish you rich. I want to wish. <laughs> I've had a little tongue twister tonight. I want to wish you a wonderful evening. Thank you for being with us until next time. I wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now.